Thank you for listening to Interviews. My name is Laurent Autain. I'm a business coach on a quest to crack the entrepreneurship code. So I thought, why not talking to entrepreneurs around the world and ask them to share the practical tips and lessons learned. I hope their stories will help you better navigate your own entrepreneurship journey. This podcast is available on most platforms. Subscribe now. Hi, thank you for joining Interviews. Today I have a special treat. I'm joined by not one, but two guests, Eli Libay and Kyle Nelson, the co-founders of Results Imagery located in Oregon, USA. Hey guys, thank you very much for being on my show. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited Appreciate to be the intro. here. Yeah. Great. So let's, let's go. Uh, so please try to be as concise as possible with this first well, question. Okay. <laughs> you guys have different backgrounds. Uh, if yeah. I am correct, Elias, the marketing, uh, you used to be a marketing expert or you, you used to work in a lot of marketing. And mm-hmm. Carl, you're an entrepreneur. But it seems that you share the same passion, you know, quality imagery. Can you tell mm-hmm. us about your journey? Absolutely. I think I can, I can touch on uh, results imagery and, and kind of how it started and the journey for that. My background was in e-commerce and, and marketing, kind of like you touched on. I started a direct consumer brand in the outdoor adventure space where we, we really, we basically went direct consumer with three, 350 SKUs uh, in that space. So snowshoes, uh, backpacking gear, all of that kind of that industry doing that in the kind of direct consumer world on selling on Amazon, Shopify, all of the major e-commerce platforms. I saw an opportunity that people were shopping now with their eyes versus being able to touch that. Mm. And, and again, keeping it concise, but Kyle and I have a history before that in another startup where it was very media focused and Kyle led a majority of that media and I kind of marketing both hand in hand. So uh, realizing that there was an opportunity in creating a company that was focused on the e-commerce world, but, but blended that media passion. And that's kind of where we, I don't know, joined forces and that's where results imagery was. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, so, my, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've only really known entrepreneurship. I've never uh, earned a dollar from another individual working on their salary. So that um, just never clicked with me. I think it's right. always just uh, being self-made has been the only thing that's clicked with me and, and being able to know that um, I'm the ultimate decider in my future and my life and how much money I need to make or not make it sometimes. Of course, there's the highs and lows of entrepreneurship, but um, I dove uh, deep into media about six years ago um, and that took me in different paths. But a few years, three or four years ago, Eli and I kind of joined forces with Results Imagery and it has been a very successful uh, business so far. Um, And we're just really excited to be able to help uh, not only very large brands that use our photos and video for massive ad campaigns, um, but it's also really exciting to help the small business owners starting out of their garage uh, like we did and being able to help them, you know, create um, their own fortunes on the side mm-hmm. and then eventually turn it into a full blown um, mm-hmm. business and brand. So it's a very fun business to be a part of. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess, I guess. Is that why you're so hooked about being an entrepreneur? Because you can actually see the reasons? Uh, I, I think so. I think, you know, um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs do it out of necessity, not just because of want, you know, it's something Mm. that uh, you need to do because it's something that you need to fulfill, whether that is your internal gut feeling or passion, or you need to fulfill your bank account somehow. And it's the only (laughs) avenue left that you could do. But, um, you know, 
you know, outside of results imagery, Eli and I also help uh, small startups and we do con consulting with companies as well. And that's like where the true passion comes out. We love building and we love uh, seeing literally just an idea become something bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And it really does. It does help to have that experience and going through the ups and downs and right. hitting the, you know, the lowest of lows that we've both encountered. And that helps us when we do consulting with other small stage or early stage startups, as we have those experiences that we can relay. And that's really, I think, the coolest part that Kyle alluded to is seeing it grow from nothing, but, but seeing our experiences within that startup. I think that's right. really fun. So Eli, did you get the entrepreneurship virus? Did Kyle give you the entrepreneurship virus? <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, I've, been, I've been relatively entrepreneurial, I guess. I, I started off uh, going to a junior college thinking that I was going to be a, a, an accountant. Really liked the accounting world. I thought, you know, easy, easy job out of school where you guaranteed, you know, $50,000 salary. You have benefits and everything. And quickly within the first week of that class, realized that this is absolutely <laughs> the wrong path. I will never do that. The driest I, thing I, ever to the do. The driest <laughs> thing ever to do. Uh, and then I got, I got kind of the marketing bug. And then when we got into our, our other startup, that was kind of the gateway for me to get into to entrepreneurship. Seeing that you can do something that you absolutely love and keeps you breathing every day. And you can do that actually to make money and, and to be right. successful. That was my gateway was the startup we actually had. Um, that I was a part of two startups ago. <laughs> so you're talking about a topic that a lot of my guests have been talking about mm -hmm. on this show, which is impact. Because mm -hmm. you became an entrepreneur, you have the opportunity to make, to have a big impact and right. whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And, you know, others talk about purpose. Like I'm a big fan of uh, Start With Why by uh, Simon yeah. Sinek. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. I, I just, I totally agree. I should just finish that book. So I'm super familiar with what you're saying. <laughs> but I do think that there is an impact uh, and kind of a legacy that we're all leaving as entrepreneurs. And that's, I think, a, a reason why people get into entrepreneurship. It's not, I don't, I mean, some people are driven by money, whatever, that's great. But I do think there's a deeper impact, which is a legacy that you can, mm -hmm. you can actually leave versus working for somebody else. You can't really leave a legacy because that legacy, you're basically building that, that person's dream that's leading the company. You're not really leaving your own legacy. And I think that's what is addicting to entrepreneurship as mm -hmm. entrepreneurs ourselves. 100%. Yeah. You're talking, you're talking about legacy. And, and usually this is a question I ask at the end, but yep. because you're talking about it now, I'm going to talk, I'm going to ask you the question. Cool. Now. What legacy do you want to leave in this world? I think um, uh, if, if we're able to really touch um, like small business owners mm -hmm. in a way that, you know, affects them with their bottom line, because the work that we do, uh, it helps conversion. It increases conversion and makes them make more money. And then <clears throat> when we get the return of someone telling us, say, like the photos you created literally increased mm -hmm. my bottom line which in return helped me not be full-time at the job that I absolutely hate. And I could go full-time with this. Um, I don't know how to put that into words, but that's, that's pretty special. Like we're able to help others, you know, fulfill their own, their own legacies essentially. Mm -hmm. I think that is spot on. I don't think there's much to add in terms of what the, what the business is doing uh, right. in terms of that. We are working on uh, a corporate sustainability program right. that we have here at Results Image that we're just about to start. Um, essentially to keep it short, it's, it's every time that we deliver a photo or a second of video to a client that is purchased, we do everything on a per asset rate. We're planting a tree 
um, every mm-hmm. time we do that. So a legacy that we want to um, leave, especially where we live in Central Oregon, is, is uh, very populated by the forests and the outdoors. We want to li- leave that legacy. And as a company, we can contribute more than we can as an individual. So the legacy of the company lives in two different realms. So it lives in helping the customer actually make more money through converting imagery and then there's also the back end of that which is because they're purchasing with us we're actually going to give back in a sustainable manner my guests have uh, talked a lot about the importance of being surrounded by people and with some of them i was able to talk about the power of co-funding a business together with at least one more person and today you know i can have the, uh, the ability to talk to both of you and so I'd really like to go a little bit deeper into co-funding, what it means. Why is it so important to, have, to not be alone? I think to, just to kind of preface that is I think when you start a business alone, um, mm-hmm. it can be a very, uh, you just, you feel alone. You know, it can be mm-hmm. very daunting and scary. Uh, and it's a lonely position doing a business by yourself and being um, quote unquote on top by yourself. A, a lot of, you know, founders and CEOs out there, um, they have a hard time being on top because it's lonely. You don't have someone else that you started from day one. And I think it comes down to the sphere of influence that you have as well. If you have somebody that um, is supportive in any way possible, somebody that is um, always there to bounce ideas off of or them to bounce ideas off of you. And, it, and I think it also, it, it's a, it helps you have a level playing field and a level head growing a mm. business. You're not just taking emotional decisions right off the back quickly. You're, you have another person to talk it through and make sure, okay, like if we do this, you know, then there's this, there's this, that could happen, this or this, rather than just like, oh, gut feeling, I'm going to do it. I, I got to move fast. Gotta, I got to keep going. And, um, you know, there may be short-term successes off of those quick decisions, but with a co-founder, I think a lot of times you look at the long-term and you take a step back and you like prepare yourself for the next step rather than just doing it. Totally right. agree. I think there's compliments on each side, kind mm-hmm. of the yin and yang that we talk about a lot as co-founders. And we, when we do interviews, that's a lot of the, the terminology that we use. Um, and that really comes back to, you know, even taking as simple as if, if your listeners are listening and they're looking for value of this is maybe, uh, you know, doing personality tests and figuring out where are the gaps in your personality and then try and find somebody that will complement that. What Kyle and I have really good is he leads and, and manages kind of on his gut. He's, he's very intuitive and that's kind of how he makes decisions. Whereas I'm really analytical and I'm really focused on the numbers and, and like the data behind things to support decisions. So it's actually a really good balance and that yin and yang comes back. I think that was actually mm-hmm. pulled out through, you know, some leadership seminars that we're going to and, and, and personality uh, type of tests. Uh, Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs, yep, yeah. Yep. We did that one. And, and, re- and, and actually, that was, again, was pro- proof in the numbers right mm-hmm. there that, like, that is how he leads. I lead differently. And, and that's and how then, we're going to grow know, the and cool scale. Part, yeah, the cool part about personality tests is then um, you then find where you need to respect the other person. Mm-hmm. When they say specific things, it's just because that's just how they think, and you have mm-hmm. to respect that. And then present your, your um, you know, your thoughts in a way that they can understand. So yeah, personality right. tests are key. There's one that we want to take that we've, mm-hmm. our, one of our mentors is pushing us. Uh, it's very high dollar, but didn't say it takes like, <laughs> yeah, it takes a while. Like half a day or something to yeah. go through. Yeah. So when we find that in our calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll probably get it done. Yeah. 
It's interesting what you say because you know I'm a I'm a solopreneur and mm -hmm. that is I mean I I decided to be a solopreneur because I didn't want to right. do a business with anybody else. But I, I I can totally relate to what you're saying because you know this emotional roller coaster of mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur. Right. One day is good, the next day is like ah oh my god everything is going is going so bad. I have nobody uh, with me to be to be my sounding sounding board. And it is true right. that sometimes I'm I'm gonna make decisions too fast, and I'm still very emotionally impacted, right. you know. Yep. And then the decision is not, not not the best, or just simple stuff like writing an email. And I totally mm -hmm. see what you're saying about the yin, the yin and the yang, the the importance of being uh, complementary. Like mm -hmm. you're good at something, and your partner is good at something else. Right. Exactly. Right? You guys appear in interviews together. You have you have a podcast called The Beast Bros. It's something else that you do together. Is it so yeah. important to be seen together all the time? Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes down to it, um, outside of business, we're like best friends. Like mm -hmm. our relationship is first before business and biz bros and all that. Um, but we we know the power of two. We understand it. Um, and building on top of, you know, our brand together is in the cohesiveness, cohesiveness is very unique. There's not too many, um, people out there or peoples, I guess, that are building a brand with somebody else. Um, and I think that the way I look at it, which I think you would agree is I want to, I want to have my journey and build my brand and like the fun and excitement and experience it with someone else rather than myself. So, yep. absolutely. And I think it, can go to like a business level as well, which is yeah, I think the, really the lowest yeah. priority level. I mean, in terms of uh, pushing more business back to results imagery, mm -hmm. is if you can have that brand that is standing on the pedestal, and that's why people want to work with you. <laughs> but even from the BizBros standpoint, from a from a marketing look, it's like I said, it's super unique to see two people doing a brand. So it's all about standing out in marketing mm -hmm. as we all know in, in the marketing world. And that's the reason that we try to appear together in interviews for doing anything PR related. Anything, anything. Yeah. We always make sure to include the other an email if we get yep. an invite for something. Exactly. So. Right. What about the split of uh, responsibilities? Cause that is something I've uh, been talking a lot to my clients uh, when they have, uh, you know, co-founders and it's something that, often they forget is that you know who is in charge of what especially especially at the at the beginning when you're when you're a startup you tend to do a bit of a bit of everything but i believe it's a mistake i think i think they from the beginning you should be the foundation and that starts by defining who does what you know who's sure. in charge of what in terms of responsibilities but also in terms of accountability what about what about you guys uh i think um uh, this isn't the, probably the best answer that you're looking for, but it comes very natural to us. Mm. Um, we know who has a stronger um, skill set in specific areas. Um, and, I, and I think on top of that, too, is um, I don't know, <clears throat> something I lost my train of thought. Well, while he's picking that up, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I, I do. I do really. Oh, also. I remember. you want, you want No, I remember. I got enough. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do believe in what you said. I really do think that at the early stage, mm -hmm. you're wearing every hat and you have to wear every hat. Right. It's hard to delegate responsibility when, um, if the company is scaling very quickly and it's starting to become very successful, things are happening at a rapid pace. You're really drinking from that fire hose. I think you, at that point, you need to wear every hat. Mm -hmm. As soon as you kind of get past that and maybe hire an employee, I think 
really that's when responsibilities and accountability has to set in mm -hmm. along with a series of processes that build that foundation. If we were to go back and do it again, which is something that I, I'm constantly thinking about mm -hmm. uh, down the road and we have another startup, we've learned so many things, but I, I think early stage foundational, um, you know, delegations of, of responsibilities and processes is something that we would do Way pretty much the first thing we would <laughs> yeah. do. So, right. uh, yeah. Why is that? I think we, uh, why is that? It's because we've seen as the company grows, there's things that are kind of slipping through the cracks or had slipped through the cracks that we solved, but that could have been mitigated early on. If, you know, responsibilities were set, okay, that is you, like your head is on the chopping block. If that doesn't happen, same with processes, processes could be in place. So as you scale, and as you add an employee, it becomes way more efficient and, and, and that employee starts and they know what they're doing and their mm -hmm. expectations are already set. So that's why I think doing it over again yeah. on a new startup, the processes and foundations and responsibilities would already be delegated very early in the business development. I think part of, uh, to add on top of that is the other startups that we've been a part of, even though they were successful startups and they did well, um, they really didn't have any process implementation. Nope. It was just like scrappy. Everyone's pretty mm -hmm. young. We're doing it. We got funding. Yep. Like, let's move forward. Let's move fast. I think from, you know, with maturity and starting going through other businesses and now seeing a business that's actually scaling and, and becoming something like really cool and what we've like always yeah. dreamed of. Um, seeing that if we would have just known, if we had talked to ourselves five years before mm -hmm. about processes, we could have scaled these other companies like, uh, amazing but you have those experiences to learn from yeah so, yeah absolutely yeah. and it's it's actually interesting you bring that up because we on the biz bros podcast we actually have a topic in the queue that is very similar to that is if you were to start a startup yeah. uh, at an you know at a young age what would you maybe do differently than if you were you know in the corporate world or maybe had a couple startups under your belt coming back and starting a new one kind of what would that feel like and what how would that kind of spin up Mm. Well, it's a question that also is uh, I have on my on my podcast. A lot of people mm -hmm. have been have been talking about being more patient too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> huge. That's patience is the most difficult thing, but it's something you learn. I totally agree. <laughs> like, I, I think you're going down, and we, we can go down a rabbit hole of why <laughs> patience is is being completely diminished. So, uh, I think you know seeing these quote unquote startups like Instagram being a billion dollar company in two years. People just it's their expectation like, now. They start a yeah. startup thinking can do that and they see things in social media people with like lamborghinis yeah. taking pictures of something rented i mean it's so it's really starting to become really diluted it's, and i think it comes back to the true core of entrepreneurship and you can kind of you're you know pardon my friends your bullshit radar as an entrepreneur right. i think is pretty strong hmm. after kind of what's going on and patience i think is the foundation to all that what other key lessons have you learned along the way I think patience is one of I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think patience is huge. I think accountability mm -hmm. is I think to me one of the most important ones because you can you can plan all you want and it feels good to make plans. It feels good to write stuff on the whiteboard, but if there's no accountability or execution tied to that, nothing will get done. Right. And that I think is I think the biggest lesson that I've learned on top of I think processes kind of slide in there but I, I really believe in accountability. I think outside of that though, is um, also focusing on, uh, you know, why you're here every day and the passion mm -hmm. behind it. And um, as you bring on it, which is something huge to us, as you bring on employees, like you continue that passion through the culture that you're building um, 
you know, at your office and as a core, like what does everyone value together mm -hmm. as a company? Because um, that in the, in the end of the day will improve processes and improve efficiencies if employee morale is up. Mm -hmm. um, so always making sure you're also focusing on those things to make sure that, you know, people feel like this is somewhere they can be in in two to three years, you know, because we all know that startups and, and turnover yep. rates are crazy now. Like people know mm -hmm. they can bounce from business to business and that's difficult as a business owner because yep. you want to train someone, get them really good at it and keep them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't want them going going to a competitor or going to a company yep. that complements yours, you know. Leadership, I think. Yeah, is leadership is really pretty much the word. Yeah. Yep. That's a huge lesson I think we've learned is good leadership, you know, empathetic type of leadership as well. Mm. I don't think that you have to be the strict <laughs> no. jerk of a bot of a leader. I think leadership uh, an empathetic leader is even more powerful. Mm -hmm. So, if I was to uh, ask your staff about your leadership style this is what they would say your empathetic leaders i think so we try to be um i think there's a fine line between being empathetic though and also being um, assertive i mm -hmm. think there needs to be some touch of uh, assertiveness when you do talk Absolutely. to someone but i think at the end of the day um an employee only did you just want to be understood mm -hmm. they don't and they want to be able to have some freedoms and make the decisions and know that they take ownership of their role and if you allow them to do that, but you need to first go back and have those processes so they understand the ownership of the role. It's very important because then there is no such thing as micromanaging and the efficiency overall is good. So you have the time and the understanding of being empathetic and like understanding what they're going through because they had you created that ownership for them. So. Exactly. I think that's perfectly said. I think starting off uh, more firm and mm -hmm. stern maybe is a better word. <laughs> with expectations right and saying when you come into the company here's your ownership roles again your head's on the chopping block if this goes wrong and you need to take full responsibility and full blame if that if something goes wrong under your ownership and to me if you once you get past that level and you gain that level of respect as a leader then you become more empathetic and when you say how is your day going it's not just to hear a response back and go back into the work the work day it's right. actually dropping everything you do give your undivided attention and and look at them in the eye and say how is your day and if there's maybe something deeper how was your weekend how was the trip that you told me you're going to go on small things like that are you know they they really do Right. make big, big yeah. differences and big impact in somebody's lives. We're all they're, human. They're coming to the yeah. workplace from eight to five. Yeah, it's like, gotta be so yeah. personal. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It's it's about genuinely caring for yeah, for your people. I agree. Mm -hmm. You know, when I, uh, I used to work for a market research company in Cambodia, and when I left, I had 50 staff, and I moved to from Cambodia to, uh, to Vietnam for the same company, but different people, obviously. And when I left, I wrote a handwritten note to each one of them. And that oh, is cool. one of the most, you know, uh, wow. the things that I'm most proud of. I'm pretty sure mm. they still remember. I still remember. <laughs> really cool. That's, That's really cool to hear. I, yeah. very cool. I love that. That's very cool. Yeah. What did you learn from each other in your entrepreneurship journey? Oh, man. I'd like to hear you, Eli. What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think um, he, uh, I mean, don't, don't get the ego up too high there, yeah. but no, I'm just kidding. Um, we really, um, we really push each other and have a good time. But um, I think he's influenced me a lot um, in terms of, uh, folk, you know, being more focused, taking ownership of my tasks and completing them. Um, and he's in, in a, he's um, processes. 
I think he's, he's always, because when you go back to our personality test, I really, really go with my intuition and he's very analytical and it's really been helpful working with someone day in and day out that is analytical because it helps me push it back and really think about, okay, like I need to do a gut check. Is that the right decision that I need to make? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that that's good. I got nothing. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think, I think again, it's yin and yang. Like I yeah. said, I am, I am on the opposite side. I've learned more big picture to like think about things uh, in the long term and at scale and kind of seeing a canvas and, and helping. He kind of helps me paint that canvas and looking at it uh, farther down the road versus every day looking at it so granular. And I think that's one, I'm not going to say flaw that I have, but I focus on working in the business versus working on the business. And Kyle sees it as working on the business versus working in the business at, you know, in the macro. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing that he's helped me do is look farther down the road. Hey, you know, might cost a little bit of money here, but it will pay off in the long run. Or I see this maybe competitor doing this. I think that this is a great move and it's going to be a little bit more scalable down the road. Mm. That's one thing that I've learned because I do, I really do get stuck in the day to day and trying to figure and like trying to knock all these tasks out that might not be, you know, high, high top level priority, but they, they are functional to keep the business moving every single day. So again, I think there's just perfect sway back and mm. forth. All right, Thank you, you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. You guys seems to, you know, I've been listening to you for a while now, and you guys seems to really enjoy the company of each other and really enjoy yeah. what, what you do. Is that yeah. that true? It's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's so important. We've been in part of other startups and or we have friends that have startups and they're not that close with their co-founders or mm-hmm. they just butt heads too much. We've seen it and at, at the end of the day, like, I want to make sure that I'm going to work, like, with people I enjoy being around. Like, I don't want, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's something usually that's passion-focused and passion-based. I don't want to be with someone that's going to, like, make it so that's not my passion anymore mm-hmm. and making it so I have to dread to go to work and, like, just, like, oh, like, I can't bounce ideas with this person because I feel like everything I say is going to be the opposite. Um yeah. And I think part of it too, is just because we have such a close relationship. Yep. Our families are really close together. Like I know his parents. Well, he knows mm-hmm. my parents. Well, our wives, my kids, like he's my son's uncle. So it's just like, we're so close together. I think it helps. And, you know, I just want to enjoy my days. I just want to have a good day every time I come to work and, and enjoy the people I'm around. Mm-hmm. I, I, totally, I would totally agree with that. I think the reason that you go into entrepreneurship is for the freedom. Yeah. So why would you, why would you conduct a business that you're not happy about going to? And I think that's one right. of the powers and advantages of an entrepreneur is you get to pick the people you work with. You're not, you know, that's number four point. or five in a company where, where the number one is picking who you're working with, who your number four is. I, I think as an entrepreneur, you have that freedom. And that's why I think we've chose to work with each other. But again, it was, it, it comes back to calculated risk. We, we understood each other. Mm-hmm. I think we know that there are there are boundaries and things that we have to get done. Mm-hmm. So, I I think that that really does help the synergies every day. And again, it's it's we, we like to do what we mm-hmm. like to do. And we like to have fun. Yeah. So, excellent. Growing the business, yeah. moving forward. What are your mm-hmm. current challenges? I well, think. Uh, I think a big one is is exponential growth. Uh-huh. I think being able to scale appropriately and there are so many opportunities out there. So it's about, 
again, calculated risk and mm. going after the right one because mm-hmm. there are so many opportunities, but there's such little time in the day. And we don't want to be good at everything. We want to be great at one thing. So seeing these kind of golden nuggets that are floating around that we want to chase, but we realize that, okay, we got to kind of pull it back a little bit. But as a company scales, there's more opportunity to go after that. So I think scalability um, and seeing exponential growth is, I think, the biggest challenge. I think yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> just, we're, we're it, it, it is. It's just it, it's difficult because yeah. you know on top of that scaling, uh, we know we need a larger uh, office facility, mm-hmm. whatever headquarters, um, but we're not quite there in order to afford it because we also need another couple more employees. So it's mm-hmm. like, do you take on a couple more employees, stuff everybody in like sardines, and keep pushing forward, mm-hmm. or do you get a place that's more comfortable that? that will work better for the work that we're doing and be able to scale kind of more service-based or like team-based so everyone's more efficient. It's making those big decisions um, kind of when the, the fork is in the road, it's like, which way do you go? Um, and so what usually happens is we look at both opportunities and we usually just kind of brush them both off and say, okay, what can we do to make these opportunities meet in the middle? And that's kind of what we're working on right now. We're trying to figure out a way how we can stay in this office, hire more people, mm-hmm. um, but maybe use other like resources that we have access to. Like you have this, you have this like new office that we're seeing that's really cool. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is like our dream. This is what we've always envisioned. But we're also like, okay, like, so we don't have to be in at 4 a.m. and not leave till 10 p.m. We could hire someone so we have more time at home. It's like, how do you choose which one do you want to like go for the, I don't know. It's, it's difficult, um, yeah. but we're, we're finding the middle ground on which way to go. And I yep. don't know. Exactly. Welcome. Welcome to the, the reality is of uh, being an entrepreneur. Right. Yeah, exactly. 100%, 100%. So true. <laughs> it is, it is. And you know, my show is called uh, interviews, cracking the entrepreneurship code. Mm-hmm. Right. Have you cracked yep. the code? No, I think it's always the journey, man. <laughs> if, if, if you have a consultant that told you that they cracked the code, I'd stay away from them, Absolutely. man. <laughs> it's like someone that promises, promises uh, you know, a certain return. You stay away from those people. No, man, it, it's the journey. I mean, you might, you might get comfortable and find that you found somewhere in your journey that you're like, wow, I feel like I made it. But the second you start feeling that, boom, you're going to get snapped out because something else is going to happen. It's going to throw you for a whirlwind. There's going to be another opportunity that's presented to you. Um, and it's going to show that, okay, the journey continues. You have to keep taking steps forward and laying the path um, to continue building your legacy, like you say, and, 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 and having an impact on the world. Exactly. I think I, I, I totally agree with all of that. Um, I don't think there's ever going to be anybody that cracks the code. Even if, you know, the, the most successful entrepreneurs, there's always things that they're working on. And Kyle touched on something that early on in results imagery, we were, it was just Kyle and I, and we thought that we were really killing it. We had a, a record month, quote unquote record month. And we kind of backed off of the gas pedal a little bit. And then that pipeline essentially dried up the next month and we were freaking out. So I, I think getting too comfortable is something that a lot of entrepreneurs do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the code will ever be cracked because there's always, there's always a next step and there's always something else that can actually be better. And there's always going to be somebody better than you, oh, yeah. always. Think, and, and that's huge. I think also, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people think cracking the code or, or success is a monetary yeah. dollar money mm-hmm. thing. And it's so far from that. I mean, yeah, like money can, you know, create 
freedoms, but it doesn't really create happiness at the end of the day. I mean, there's so many people out there that we know and that you hear speak that are like, yeah, I'm a multimillionaire, billionaire, but I'm not happy. There's always somewhere in your life that needs improvement. Exactly. Um, yeah. you know, I think that term cracking the code is, you know, something that I think each of us need to find in ourselves, mm-hmm. whatever our code is, our, our entrepreneurial DNA that needs to be, you know, changed. It's huge. Like it's huge. <laughs> So you're telling me that I would never be able to crack the code. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, hey, <laughs> write a book on it, man. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's, that I is know. actually the plan. Yeah, I would love to write a the book course, about, yeah. about it. And that's why, that's why I'm um, having these uh, conversations. Absolutely. I love that. I, I think it'd be really cool to see a book from all of your little snippets from all of your podcasts and maybe that like the little, the little nugget that they, they preach to right. break the code, kind of compiling it all into a massive book. That would be a really cool book. I'd read that. Cool. Yeah. Right, I'll send you, I'll yeah. send you a copy. If you had one recommendation for the entrepreneurs out there or the aspiring entrepreneurs, what would it be? I'll I'll start. It would be follow the passion and don't Mm -hmm. let anybody get in the way of that. If you see somebody else doing, say you had this brilliant idea and you see it it, it being replicated, I don't think that should deter you if it's what you live and breathe every day. Mm -hmm. I think in 2020 where we are today, there's so much opportunity. So you could be doing, again, from your living room that I don't think you should deter from your passion, even if somebody else is doing it, because you have those execution thoughts in your head and how that's going to play out. The, the competition does not have that. Mm-hmm. So keeping your head down, focused and going at it. And I, and I think this touches on what he said and what mm-hmm. I was saying earlier um, in, in really keeping your fire lit. Like, do not let that spark, like, go out. Because the second it does, you start getting comfortable or you start going in old ways or you just, you don't no longer have your opportunity, like, forward-thinking glasses on. You get comfortable and you think, okay, like, I'm doing well. So always keep that fire lit, whether that's, like, changing it up a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because it's so easy to get in the day-to-day mundane task, come into work, do what you do, go back home, come back. It's so easy to do, and it's easy to lose the spark. Absolutely. It's very easy. And one last thing is – a really, a really important part of that with us is having a very strong co-founder that understands that yeah. and that will help you with that spark. Yep. It'll help you, you know, see the opportunity moving forward and like, hey, man, come on, like, let's get yep. through this. Like, we're, we're getting to like day to day, like, what next can we do? What more can we move on? What more projects can we come up with yeah. to kind of like move the company and propel it forward and change things up a little bit? I love that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a good example for us looking at... Um, kind of putting it into example for the listeners is we do our root was in photography and video production. That's right. what we love. That's what we're passionate about as the business grows and we start to have to handle, have to handle high level tasks, you know, the accounting sides and, and different things like that. You get pulled away from actually doing that passion thing, which is mm-hmm. picking up that camera and being behind the lens. Mm-hmm. So we, try and strive to, even though we're doing all these things and trying to keep things fresh and keep that fire lit, when we have the opportunity to go out on a production day, which is like a really cool client or something really fun where say we're, you know, in like an ATV and we're chasing, we're chasing somebody getting this cool shot or flying the drone. If we had the opportunity to get that little spark back, we'll take mm-hmm. that it's because huge. most of the days we're in, we're behind the computer jamming away on emails and creating those client relations. 
that losing that spark of the media, which is why we started the company. So easy. That's a good example of what Kyle mm -hmm. is talking about. Yeah, it's a very, very practical example. Yeah, I, I like it. And also, well, you guys have each other, but you also mentioned that you had mentors. You were working with mentors, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Is that, is that important? Massively. Important. Oh, yeah. They, they, they're, the, they're the first ones that are going to like tell you, no, no. <laughs> yeah, you're not being level-headed. You guys are thinking mm -hmm. way too like big, or you're thinking too small. Yep. And they help guide your your thought process. They don't thought process. They don't tell you the answers. They just help you get there. Kind of like a life coach. They're not going to tell you how to like discover parts of your life and like where to move. Mm -hmm. They're just going to help you figure it out yourself. And the mentors we have are they are so helpful. Like they have helped us come up with some of the greatest ideas that we've had to propel this company forward. Exactly. Coming back to really early in this podcast, when we talked about us being helping early stage startups as con, kind of consulting mm. based on our past experiences, our advisors um, and mentors have had way more experience, double the amount of experience we've had. And they've had, you know, four times the lows and four times right. the highs. So to be able to pick their brain on just anything really is, has been Huge. massively helpful. And I would highly recommend you know, again, I think more recommendations yeah. is finding somebody that you can trust on, on multiple different levels and getting there and picking their brain and getting their experiences. And our mentors, we're like personal with them too. Like mm -hmm. we ask personal questions because yep. they're successful. Um, they've, they've been there, they've done it. Yep. You know, they're one of them's nearing retirement. So like yep. we can pick at them about anything, whether it's personal life, business mm -hmm. life, and that even makes it more helpful because then you have that uh, more engaging conversations um, and they can just be a little bit more real with you um, and, and, and really to the point. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm a business coach, so I love this conversation. <laughs> what you guys are saying. But it's important what you're saying, because you're saying that, yes, we have each other. It's important to have the co-founders, but we also mm -hmm. need to seek advice from external right. people. Right. Exactly. exactly. Business coaches, mentors, advisors, all of that is, it's key. It's so important. Couldn't agree more. Me, same with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, last question. How can people okay. contact you? Yeah, and there's all types of ways. We have our, our personal Instagram uh, at mm -hmm. biz.bros. We have our website, bizbros.io, um, or just email uh, yeah. Eli at Eli at Results Imagery or Kyle at Results Imagery. We love interacting with you know other people's mm -hmm. um, audiences, and, and hopefully there was just one little thing that we said that, Hopefully someone takes back and it hopefully changes their life and, and paves a new path or helps them with their legacy moving forward. Exactly. Yeah, that's my hope too. Thank you very much yeah. for your time today, guys. Thank you, sir. That was a blast. Absolutely. Great podcast. Great. And thank you all for listening. Three ways you can make this podcast bigger so we can inspire as many entrepreneurs as possible. Subscribe, tell your network about it, and write a review. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>